Umar Ahmed, IFL TV, MTK, Glow Radio 2, joined by Dave Colwell, just seen Price's corner throw the towel in, Vaults, Dave. Um, I think Joe McAnally did a fantastic job with the timing of throwing in the towel, you know. Price gave him a, a great go. <laughs> it was a dangerous fight for Derek. Um, he caught it with some good right hands, but ultimately Derek's pressure um, outlasted, outlasted Price and, and it was a perfect stoppage to be honest, because Price had given everything he'd got to give. What do you think Team Price should do now? None of my business. Whatever. He stepped in. He stepped in at uh, late notice. It's um, it's for what they can go and have a have a chat and decide what they're going to do. But he came in at late notice. He gave it a great go. Whatever they choose is, is will be the right decision. Who would you, as a fan, like to see Derek fight next? Joseph Parker? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's that's the fight that was supposed to happen tonight, and and that's the fight. You know. I know Derek wants that fight, so yeah. Maybe it's a fight that can headline the show as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, thanks for your reaction. Thanks, Yeah, have a good night. Enjoy the main event. Um, Omar Ahmed, IFL TV, MTK Global, just seen Taylor become unified champ, thoughts down Malka? Yeah, I had it the same as the second card, 115-113, uh, it's a very close round, but for me that fire, that, that real grit from Taylor was an, enough to edge some of them close rounds in my opinion, but you know, it was tremendous, I, I, like, we've had two great main events haven't we, last, last time out, Lomachenko, um, Campbell here and now this one. It, it was great stuff. Really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, lucky to see, uh, as I said, Lama Campbell and, and this tonight um, at the O2, two elite level fights. We're blessed, to be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I'm in, I'm in awe uh, of what I see there. You know, it, was, it had everything. It was class there. So evenly matched, weren't they? And it was, you know, brilliant to watch. That's why I love this. One's the best sport in the world. I mean, that was, that was fantastic. And the scenes at the end there, seeing the, how much that meant to Josh Taylor was brilliant. Um, I loved it, yeah, yeah. Great, great fight. Reminded uh, of you and Daniel Gill. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's, that, that's a real compliment, thanks. But yours is more emotional, but yeah. No. Uh, word on Chisora Price, Price who's corner throwing the towel in. Yeah, well, they, they know their man, don't they? So if they, they believed that they were saving him from unnecessary punishment, then I, I, I applaud them and commend them. But yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, great show, wasn't it? Really, really enjoyed it. Was, it was, yeah. Uh, Lee Selby done well. How did you have that fight? How did I have that now? I had it draw. I had it bang oh, level. Really? I, had it, I had it bang level. I did, like, genuinely had it uh, uh, a draw. Um, I'm pretty sure I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still, still trying to digest that last fight. I mean, the last round? That, was... I did, I did have it draw, so oh, I did you? have it draw. Um, <laughs> Um, so I think I've got to add the same score uh, as it was 114, 114, wasn't it? But yeah, you're going to step back and you have one of them up. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was writing numbers everywhere. I was. But now, great show, loved great it. Show. Uh, Eddie and, and Calla can be ex extremely proud of that. That that was that was brilliant and yeah, fantastic support for Taylor tonight. When it? it was fucking being Glasgow, yeah. loud, really loud. Yeah. Right, great, man, we'll see you top back man. Have a good weekend.
Oh, I enjoyed the rest of it. Steven Coreno right here with Manny Robles, uh, trainer extraordinaire. Man, how is uh, Mexico? How is Guadalajara treating you guys? Great. It was great. It was fabulous, man. We had a lot of love and support from the people in Mexico and Guadalajara, and uh, we're happy to be back. What, I guess, was the biggest difference out of Andy kind of training, not where he normally trains. Normally he trains with all the guys. You know, he's like running behind featherweights and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, I, do you guys still have that kind of little camp situation going on over there? Absolutely. Now that, well, well not in Mexico uh, specifically, but now that we're back, everything's back to normal pretty much. Uh, we're happy to be back home out there. We were in a house. How's that? The hell, the gym. You know, plenty of room, plenty of space where we we slept there, we trained there, we ate there, we we did everything there. So you know, it was it was exactly what we needed. Andy's uh, looking pretty slim over there, man. Looking uh, looking kind of trim. How's uh, what's his weight like? And, and I guess just how's he looking physically? Uh, you know, everyone wants to know. Well, you've lost about 30 pounds already, so you know we're on the right track and uh, looking good, looking fit. He's happy to be back home and he's excited for this fight, upcoming event, of course, and, you know, we're just excited all the way around. When you say lost 30 pounds, was that kind of the game plan? Do you feel you guys might have to start chase Joshua this time around uh, a little bit more? Mm, you know what? It's, it's all natural. He's been, he's been dropping away naturally, gradually, and, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to say it's all been based on hard work. You know, no sweatsuits, no sweating creams, no, no, nothing, uh, uh, nothing too, too, uh, you know, too uh, difficult to, to, to do. And it's, it's like I said, it's all been hard work and, and, and you know, just being in the gym and, and grinding every day. Looking at the rematch, kind of game planning for that. I feel like most people that I speak to kind of tell me that they think, you know, Joshua's going to kind of stay on the stick, try to keep Andy on the outside. The kind of typical taller fighter to the shorter right. fighter type thing. Is that kind of the game plan you feel Andy's or Anthony most likely will kind of come with in the rematch? Well, I don't know. I mean, you, 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 you could guess that. You could say that. We just got to be ready for everything, you know. My guess is, uh, like you said, Anthony Joshua might have to, you know, try to go out there and control the center of the ring and keep him on the outside and keep him up bay behind that jab. And, and our job is to pressure, our, just like we did the first fight. Our job is to get on the inside and look in, get in close range and, and obviously come in with a good game plan and study uh, Joshua and see what kind of changes he might be able to make. The, uh, for this upcoming fight and try to beat them to the beat them to it you know what I mean try to you know like I said come in with our own game plan speak on Anthony or Andy's uh, confidence kind of in this camp obviously before you guys were excited you got the fight short notice kind of the, the whole deal but now he knows he can hurt him he knows he can knock him out even kind of some of the things Joshua was saying I think he said it was a, a hand from God or something like that um, what Speak on Andy's confidence in the gym this time around, knowing that he's facing a guy that he has knocked out already once. Well, he's excited. He's not over. He's confident, but he's not overly confident. That's why we put in the work. You talk to a man that's overconfident, he, he doesn't work because he feels like, I got this. It's in the bag. No, we, we understand that this is going to be a difficult fight, just like the first fight. The first fight wasn't easy. It looked easy. It might be some people might think it was easy, but it's not, man. I mean... Look, it's easy. Uh, fights are won in the gym. You got to put in the work in the gym. And if we put in the work in the gym, we're not going to win. 
So we gotta do that. We gotta do just that. You know, we gotta keep grinding. We gotta keep uh, uh, training. We gotta keep working hard. We gotta take this fight very, very seriously. And we have. You know, we 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 found time to be with you, be with the press, like today. And 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 then there's nothing wrong with that. But we know that when we're in closed doors, it's time to go to work. What uh, what are you tr having your hardest time trying to keep Andy away from? Like, what what is it? A food? Is it like what is he? What is it like? No, bro. Like, stop. We'll get there. We'll get there after uh, December eighth. I think food. Yeah. What I kind think of food? food? Well, you know, Mexican food, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, but he's been pretty good about it. Like I said, he's he's lost. Uh, close to 30, yeah, 30 pounds, pretty much. And uh, yeah, he's looking fit. And like I said, it's been a combination of different things. Hard work, again, like I said, putting in the road work, the conditioning, uh, um, but also the nutrition. And the nutrition has a lot to do with it. And then the rest as well. You know, you got to find time to rest and let the body heal. And and uh, so when you when you are able to balance everything out, you get a pretty good result. Shout out to, uh, what is it, Zos Meals, right? Who's doing yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah good, good stuff with that. Yeah. What, uh, last question, man. What's what's uh, kind of the exercise that you need to kind of kind of push Andy like bro we got to do this exercise this is the one we, we got to push for uh, you know what I, I nothing he, he doesn't complain like he's a pretty good sport um, you know we'll, we'll clash from time to time but it has nothing to do with training you know what I mean it's it's um it's more you know I mean we get we have a great relationship we have a great relationship we get along very very well and some you know uh, just making him understand you know uh, uh, what I'm looking for and then explaining Explaining things to, to Andy and get him to understand the reasons why, you know, he's got to know why and there's nothing wrong with that Hey, you know just sitting down and hey listen I need you to do this for this reason and then once he he'll sit back and listen and he'll, okay You know it makes sense. Right. Let's do it. Seems to be making sense man 30 pound lighter over there So well done sir. Best of luck man. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Hey five fans It's Michelle Joy Phelps if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel Make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video and we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play so make sure you go and download that. Bye Fight fans! Well thank you very much, yes they often say the biggest stars come out on the biggest stages this is no different, the NFL is in town and this is one of the biggest men I've seen here, Tyson Fury uh, you, What do you make of all this first of all? Absolutely fantastic isn't it? I've never ever been to a live NFL game before so First time, I'm excited about it. You, you spent some time with Todd Gurley and the LA Rams in the summer. Yeah, Senate, I did. Uh, I was there, met Sean McVay and Todd Gurley and all the boys at the LA Rams at the training centre in Los Angeles uh, this last year, I think. Oh, this year, early this year, yeah. Yeah, so I'm coming here today, show some support. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, Rams! You're firmly on board with the Rams then today. I'm on board with the Rams, 100%. Now, what, what about you? Because you, you've been making waves across the pond there in the States, WWE. You're going to be in Saudi Arabia, taking yeah. on Braun Strowman in the Crown Jewel event. Tell us a bit about that. Tyson Fury's taking over. World, world domination. It's, uh, it's been going good. I've been having a good time um, traveling around the world. Uh, promoting this fight with Braun Strowman, Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel, 31st of October. We're going to be there representing the United Kingdom. And those guys are fit as well, aren't they? Oh, big guys, you know, strong guys, massive. He is the monster among men. But who's taller, you or Braun? Uh, me, I'm taller than Braun, but he's heavy. He's 280 pounds. 380 pounds. And how's, how's that going to pan out? Tell us, give us a sneak preview. Mm, you know, Braun Strowman's the monster among men, but... I'm the slayer. The he hasn't met Tyson Fury. He yet. hasn't met the Gypsy King yet, that's for sure. And, and what about the Gypsy King? It's been a, a few months now since we last saw you in the ring. Is there another fight in the offing, even? Um, 
who knows? So I've got something big coming up. After this, even more bigger than this. Even bigger than this? Yeah. We might see Tyson Fury uh, have his MMA debut this year, too. Really? Yeah. That's a, that's a different world altogether. It's different, but like I say, Tyson Fury uh, taking over. Is that through talking to Conor McGregor or anyone like that? Yeah, I've been speaking to Conor about it, and he's willing to train me, and uh, it's going to be good. How, how different does your mindset have to be to take on something like the world of MMA? Because those guys are locked in. Yeah, but I, I, I come from a long line of bare-knuckle boxing champions. Getting hurt, getting blood. You saw me last fight with blood everywhere. Nothing new to me. All a part of my heritage and upbringing. So I'd love to get in there and smash someone up. And what's Connor said to you about it? He just said, anytime you're ready, when you get the time, let's go. Come over to Dublin and we'll start training. So can't wait. Going to take him up on the offer. And we're going to get He's get announced out. he's coming out of retirement as well soon. Will you yeah. be over there for that fight? Who, who knows? Who knows? We might be on a double header for Gypsy King and Connor McGregor. Watch this space. Hey, that even rhymes, doesn't it? Double header, Gypsy King, Connor McGregor. Woo! There are professions galore waiting for you, Tyson Fury. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, enjoy today's game. And we look forward to seeing you in a few, few weeks over in Saudi Arabia. And then, who knows? All the best. Tune in. You heard it from the man himself. Keeping locked here. Tune in. Do you know what? I think that's a good fight, you know. I can't lie. I think it's a good fight. Um, I've been in there with Kovalev. I know his weaknesses. Um, I know his strengths. I've seen Canelo for a long time. I rate Canelo very highly. Big size difference. Um, I don't know. I'll go with Canelo just due to, you know, the complete fighter I think he is and how much he lost from he, he, how much he learned from his loss against Floyd. Um, again, that's another thing as well. This is, Canelo, I've always liked him. He's someone that motivates me. He wasn't happy with his loss to um, Floyd Mayweather. He was not happy about it. But how he came back showed who he was. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the way I see it is this. He's grown and he's a different kind of fighter. So I'll probably go with Canelo. I don't choose sides, but I'll probably go with Canelo. Um, Kovlev can bang. He's a good boxer as well when he stays on his job. Um, it's a good fight, man. I'll be watching anyway. You know, usually I'll, I'll, sometimes I'm... On a Saturday night, I like to probably watch movies or whatever. Unless it's a bit, but I'll watch that fight. It's going to be entertaining. Seems to me like people are kind of oversimplifying it for Canelo and saying, like, oh, I'll just get close and hit him to the body, like you said earlier, like, like he never thought of that. But it's not going to be as easy as that, is it? It's not going to be that easy. Um, Canelo has made things look easy before. He's made things look hard before. But that's why it's such an interesting matchup. I'm actually interested in seeing this fight because Canelo is small compared to him. I've stood next to Canelo and Canelo looked tiny. Tiny. Um, so, I don't know, it's going to be interesting, man. Canelo is, again, he's a good combination puncher. He's very, very experienced. Um, more experienced than Kovalev. Will the size player uh, um, play, like, have an effect? Could do. But it could work in Canelo's favour. If he can get past his jab and work them body shots and come with the combinations. I think it's going to be an interesting fight, man. <laughs> That's what I have to leave it. It's going to be an interesting fight. For me, um, Canelo Alvarez is, you know, one of my favourite fighters of, of, of the modern era. You know, the, the way he's gone through the weights, the only blip on his career is that fight against uh, Floyd Mayweather.
in a fight where he lost on points, got outmaneuvered by a more seasoned, more, exper more experienced fighter. Um, I think it was some fantastic um, matchmaking by Floyd Mayweather. You know, he, he must have seen something in Canelo and thought, I need to get this kid now. I think it was 21 or 22 when he, thought, when he fought him. And um, that, 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 that name on Mayweather's record will, 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 will go a long way because I believe Canelo will go down as you know, our, one of our best middleweights you know, of all time. In, in 20, 30, 50 years' time, we'll look back at the era of Canelo. I think he's that good, you know, the way you know, he's so calm under pressure. And the fact he's jumping two weight divisions to fight a big light heavyweight, a light heavyweight who's you know, well-established. We saw against Anthony Yard how good he is. He's got a, a granite chin, you know. Um, but I think Canelo's seen something in him that he believes he can exploit, whether it's the body shots, you know, um, Kovalev has been a bit susceptible to body shots in the past. I remember when he fought Andre Ward, you know, he got touched up to the body and, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't like it. So maybe Canelo's looking at an all-out assault on um, Kovalev's body. But he's just so much bigger than Kovalev. So much bigger, you know, you know, sorry, Kovalev is so much bigger than Canelo. He just physically, it's, it's, it seems like it's a massive mountain. You know, I've, had, I, I've always, as a heavyweight, given away between probably three and seven stone in weight. You know, up to about 100 pounds at one stage when I won a change for the title. And they yeah, say a good, a good man beats a good little man, but an exceptional little man beats a good big man. And um, I think that's what we may have here. So I'm backing Canelo to you know, pull off a, a massive, massive shock victory, going up two weight divisions and outmaneuvering. I see him beating them on points. It may be a close fight. It may even be a little controversial, um, but I, I, I can't bet against Canelo Alvarez. He's just... He's just so slick. I think it's, it's a fight that interests me, but I think it's a fight that's a bit too late now for Kovalev. A bit over the hill, a bit worn, a bit hard worn, drawn, and it's a you know he'll probably have a weight clause on him getting in the ring, something you don't need. I just think that Canelo's going to stop him. I still fancy Kovalev in the fight against Canelo, and everyone is laughing. But let me see when the super welterweight will taste that light heavyweight impact how he's going to react. I know he's got chin Canelo and Golovkin couldn't do anything, but I think it's much harder fight than people expect. It's interesting that you would say that. I know that you're not the type of person to back your countrymen, regardless. I know no. that's certainly not you. Um, is it... Adverse effect for yeah, me. Yeah. I, I never back Russians. <laughs> <laughs> is it just the size of Kovalev that you, that you see being the main difference when he, face, when he faces Canelo? It depends... You know, like with Andre Ward, he was overconfident first fight and he put him down and they couldn't finish him off. And depends which Kovalev turns up. But if he feels or he lands something and will stumble Canelo, that's a really hard night for Canelo. People saying body shorts, body shorts. It's just a really primitive concept to put on the table about the body shorts and everything. I would have liked to be in the position of, uh, of uh, Kovalev. He was in a good position, baby. You know, why do you think the fight's happening so fast, November 2nd? That's not really enough time for him to rest and get over a tough fight. But money talks sometimes, you know, and they needed to put it in that before the year ends, in that billing cycle. They needed to put the fight in there. You know, you guys might as well learn what's really behind, you know, next to the wizard when you pull that curtain back. You might as well really see all of it. And all that matters is that I hope you guys get a good fight. I hope you get a good fight. I'm favoring Canelo in that fight, but um, 
it's it's got intrigue because you got a light heavyweight, you got Canelo stepping up uh, again, and uh, you know you you got obviously Kovalev coming off a terrific fight where he was hurt. He looked like he was going to be gone, and he came back. But you know those those things don't disappear. The residual effects of those things. It's going to be tough for Kovalev, but he's getting paid handsomely for it. And again, I wouldn't mind it being his manager for that go round. When, when you know that you uh, when you got them where you want them on the other side and they got to kind of give in to you yeah it's, it should be interesting it should be interesting you know it, it'd be funny if it wasn't interesting wouldn't it it'd be funny if it was a blowout for Canelo wouldn't it wouldn't it but yeah, people will pay to, to see if this light heavyweight who was once the best light heavyweight you know I always until a guy named Ward came along, but you know he was once the best light heavyweight. He's got, you know, he's definitely uh, he's definitely gotten older. He's definitely got one foot in the shadows. This is, I mean, anyone's going to be honest about it. You have to see that. You have to recognize that. Uh, but it's still going to be interesting. Yeah, um, you know what? I looked at Kovalev's last fight. I think he's on a slide, personally. Um, Canelo stepping up to like heavyweight, okay, stepped up to the weights. Um, that's an interesting fight. I think uh, Canelo believes he can win, obviously, by taking this fight. He's obviously seen something in Kovalev. I've seen Kovalev over the years when he beat, he's beaten um, Nathan Cleverly, my old gym mate and friend, and uh, he's not the same fight he was there as far as I'm concerned. Mm, can Canelo take a good shot? I think Canelo tried to outbox him. I think he probably will do. If I have to pick, I would think Canelo would win that fight on points. If, if uh, Canelo wins that fight, there's like three other fighters in the history of boxing who have been guys who've won titles at junior middleweight and also at light heavyweight. If Canelo wins, he'd be one of them. The others are guys that I think a lot of boxing fans may have heard of. Mike McCallum, Tommy Hearns, and Sugar Ray Leonard. That's pretty good company. They're all in the Hall of Fame, and Canelo's going to be right there beside him, uh, beside those guys someday. Our former welterweights can get up to light heavyweight. It's quite astounding. It's not the first time it's been done, let's be honest, but it's, it's quite astounding because he's not the biggest of frames. But I think he wins. I think Kovalev's not the fighter he was, but still a good fighter. I think he showed that in the yard fight. You know, good jab, took his time with that in the yard. And, uh, yeah, you know, he didn't, you know, against a guy, yard made it tricky for him. But I think Canelo is such a clever boxer and he's really learned in every fight. That's a very, and very few fighters learn in every fight. And he has. He brought something new to, to, to every single fight. Every new fight, he brought something new that he's learned from the previous fight. And also, he has arguably the best chin in boxing I think Golovkin has one of the, if not we always talk about Golovkin how, how good a chin he has but some of the punches that Golovkin hit Canelo with and he didn't blink just proves how, 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 how hard is and how resolved his chin really is so I think Kovalev has to nail him to the canvas and I just can't see it I think I think I think he, if he works the body I know that's a that's a, a weakness of, of Kovalev not a massive weakness like Andre Ward made out and they all make it up. I think it is a, a, a somewhere where you where you target and being the shorter fighter with impeccable timing he has, I think he does the job. Hi there, I'm Danny Flexen and welcome to this week's edition of Seconds Out Reflections. We're here every Monday at 4.30pm to review the weekend's action in boxing, of course. And 
I'll let you in on a little secret. This is actually take three um, of the of the vlog this week. The first one, I had an issue with uh, the flash being on on my camera. Um, I had it on at the weekend because uh, my son and I went to the Enchanted Dockyard in Chatham. Bit of a free plug there. I'm not sure anyone will take me up on it though. Um, and I had to put the flash on because um, it was all you know Halloween themed. Um, and then the second one was all going well, I thought. And then I got to the end and realised the camera had gone off. And why had it gone off? Because when someone calls you um, on WhatsApp or on a normal call, it cuts it off. So thanks, Ben Davison. Yep, name drop, but also a criticism for calling me at just the wrong time. Got history for that. But anyway, let's get back on, on message, if you like. And no other, place, no other fight or um, event to talk about than the O2 on Saturday night where we saw a fight that on paper ticked all the boxes. Um, two unbeaten world champions unifying their titles for prestige, glory, and also the Muhammad Ali trophy that goes to the winner of the World Boxing Super Series tournament that was being decided at the O2. Not only did it tick all the boxes on paper, my God did it deliver in the ring. Josh Taylor and Regis Progray left it all there. They put their heart and soul into a battle that saw both bruised, bloodied, tired at different times, hurt at different times. It wasn't walled Getty. They weren't trading continuously for 12 rounds, but it was a bit more like uh, Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley won. You know, it's a real high level chess match, but with sufficient exchanges to keep you constantly entertained. The way they kept changing their strategies and their looks to one up the other, and then it a two and throw, and they changed their, their, you know, one of them would go forward, then go back, and then try and get on the inside, then fight from distance. And it just, you couldn't take your eyes off it. It was absolutely compelling and fought at a really high level. You could appreciate, if you were kind of a hardcore fan, you could appreciate the little nuances. If you were a casual fan, it was just incredibly exciting and tense all the way through. In the end, Taylor came out on top with a decision I felt could easily have gone either way. I had it a draw, six rounds apiece, which matched the card of Benoit Roussel, one of the three judges. The other two had Taylor ahead, so he took the decision and the Ali Trophy. But really, there are no losers in the fight. I know it's a cliche, but Progray did incredibly well. I think the main difference in the fight, I guess, was that Taylor, in the middle to late rounds, came on strong. And I mean that literally. Really used his physical strength to his advantage in pushing Progray back a bit more as Progray tired. And just finding a little bit of extra room, whether using his shoulder or his elbow or just generally kind of wrestling um, Progray back, just found that little bit of extra room to land his shots accurately on the inside. And I think that proved the distance, 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 proved the difference over the distance. I think Progray found a second wind um, in the later rounds, in the championship rounds. But by then, for the judges at least, I think it was too late. Um, but again, both have got great things to come. Progray can come back. I don't think there's anyone else in the division that beats him. I include in that Jose Ramirez, who a lot of people would like to see Taylor fight for all the belts, and I'd like to see that too. We don't have enough UK undisputed champions in our history. Um, so I'd like, especially in recent years, obviously with the splintered belts. So I'd like to see that. Um, but I think that Progre gave Taylor a harder fight than Ramirez will. I just think style-wise, he, he was more difficult for Taylor. Taylor banged up the next day, big cut on his face, but him... And Progray seemed best of friends the next day. Huge mutual respect there. No complaints about the decision either from the Progray camp. And it was just a delight to see. The fight itself, the build-up was good. Real competitive animals there. And then all friends again the next day. It's just a great advert for boxing. We haven't had loads this year. Not just in terms of the fights. There's been a lot of bad news attached to boxing this year. This was a welcome antidote to it. It was a wonderful fight. 
And Sky Sports box office generally, I don't work for Sky, so don't kind of take my word for it totally, but they usually have their fights for free, on, well not free, but if you've got a Sky subscription with no extra fee, on demand, Sky on demand, by the Friday after the fight. So by this Friday, you should be able to watch it on Sky on demand or re-watch it if you've already seen it. It's definitely worth watching again. I'm sure I'll end up watching it again at some point. I could talk about this fight for hours, but these vlogs are generally kind of seven to eight minutes and I need to round up the other main results on the bill. One of those was the battle of veteran British heavyweights looking to crack I have one last crack, if you like, at the world scene in Derek Chisora and David Price. Went the way of the Londoner, who, apart from one um, scary moment for him, I think it was in the end of the third round, but I'd have to check, took a massive right uppercut from Price that shook him to his boots and caused him to do a bit of a semi-conscious tango, I think he called it, on the way back to his own corner at the end of the round. Apart from that, he pretty much dominated. Chisora bought, went past Price's jab as if it, was the, as if it wasn't there, um, and bullied him to the ropes and into the corners, switched well from body to head as he's renowned for doing, and was just completely on top uh, by the time the towel had come in following the knockdown of Price. Um, Steve Broughton, if he turns out to be the regular um, solution to the, the vacancy, if you like, in uh, the Chisora corner, did nothing wrong on his first night in the job, but didn't really have a great deal to do. So kind of uh, dominant was Chisora, and so composed as well in his attacks. He and manager David Hay said after the fight that they now want Alexander Usyk, former cruiserweight supremo, now applying his trade up at heavyweight, of course. I think style-wise, Usyk's all wrong for Chisora. But, hey, what do I know? It's a fight they want. They clearly fancy it. And I'm not going to begrudge Derek Chisora, who's on a rich vein of form in this Indian summer of his career, from getting whoever he wants next. And I'm sure it's a fight Usyk would relish too. Another battle of veterans um, saw Wales come out on top of Scotland as Lee Selby beat Ricky Burns. Um, both former world champions, of course. Burns, Scotland's only three-weight world champion. Just took a while to get going in the fight. And I don't know if it's because he's not the fighter he once was or if it's more because he'd been out the ring for nearly a year and his timing was off in the first kind of six rounds. And I think that was due to, probably due to inactivity. Um, Selby boxed beautifully at times, though. Don't take anything away from him. Um, Looked the best he had in quite a while. And even though the commentators said after the fight, or the pundits, that Selby should perhaps consider moving down to super featherweight, he obviously did that big two-division jump after his loss of the IBF featherweight title to Josh Warrington. Selby seems keen to stay at £135, and I think he can still make some noise there. He's relatively fresh. Burns will have to wait to see what he decides to do. I'm not saying he should chuck in the towel, but having lost in recent times to Anthony Crawler, who retires himself, of course, next week, and Selby, it's hard to see if he can achieve any more than he already has. And for a fighter who's won world titles at three different weights and considered a huge overachiever in doing so, is he going to be satisfied with kind of rebuilding at a lower level? And not only that, I think to combat the inactivity that he suffered from against Selby, he needs to be out more often, which may mean fighting some lower level fights on some smaller shows. I don't know if at this stage of his career, and Burns has been a pro for nearly 20 years, I think. I don't know if he's willing to do that, but only he knows the answer. One other result I should mention before I go, Lawrence Okoli, former British and Commonwealth Cruiserweight Champion, added the European title to his list of accolades by beating Eve Nagabu. Um, Nagabu was unable really to get anything going in the fight, found Okoli an incredibly awkward opponent, as so many have in the past, um, struggled to get past the long arms of the six foot five inch Okoli, and once he was on the inside, got kind of tied up quite often. Akoli, I thought his holding was excessive from quite early in the fight. I thought he could have lost a point rather than just the two warnings he accrued. But 
If the referee's not on his case about it, I can't blame him for continuing to do it. It's effective and it sets up the shots he wants to set up while nullifying his opponent. The right hand that ended matters was, was beautiful, pinpoint accurate and incredibly powerful. There's no denying the power that Akobe possesses. He'll be looking forward to a world title in 2020. Now, a couple of questions for you guys for the comment section below. Firstly, what was your Taylor Progre, Progre Taylor score? What, how did you have it, either in rounds or in points? Also, I'd like to know Akoli, Chisora, Selby, the three victors on the undercard on Saturday night. Sorry, Derek, it was the undercard. Three victors, where should they go next? I know who they want, but who do you think they should fight? What's the sensible move? As for me, I'll be back next week with Reflections, Monday 4.30, but I'll also be here Thursday with Flexpectations, 4.30pm, as I preview the show featuring Crawler, which I've just mentioned, and Katie Taylor, but more importantly, the Canelo versus Kovalev light heavyweight mega fight. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you again on Thursday. So thanks very much for your time, and I'll see you soon.